Hey everyone, this is Karen, and you're listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast, where parents receive encouragement in their daily journey to disciple their kids to be followers of Jesus. Discipleship isn't a program, it's a lifestyle. Now let's do this. Hey, welcome back. We are entering into session three of the Never Alone Bible Study. And let me tell you, I am really, really pumped about this section of the Bible study because so far we have learned about the presence of the Holy Spirit and we walk through the person of the Holy Spirit. But in the days to come, we are going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Who's excited? So we're going to look at how the Spirit empowered Jesus, how He empowered the disciples, and how He empowers us. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Are you? Let's go. Okay, so she says, As we learn about the power of Jesus on display during His earthly ministry, it's incredible to think how through our relationship with Jesus, we now live in the power of the Spirit of Christ. That realization led me to this question. Why do I try to accomplish anything apart from his power? Ooh, girls, (laughs) ladies, that is, that is a serious question right there. Why do I try to accomplish anything apart from his power? She says, I find it so fascinating, fascinating how even when we know that our best effort falls so short of what the spirit can do, we're still prone to go it alone. And she says, um, she recalls a funny story that a friend was telling her of how this little girl was playing in a sandbox and she lost her toy and she looked and looked and looked and she couldn't find it. And, you know, she got more and more upset. And so the mom was like, well, honey, why don't you just pray for God to help you? So the little girl stopped and she said, God, please help me. So then a little while later, she actually found her toy. And then she says, never mind, God, I found it. (laughs) So she says, goodness, I find myself in, in this story. We try to go about it in our own wisdom and strength, but then we remember how much we need God's help. And even then we struggle to recognize his work in our lives or praise him for it. We go right back to, I've got this. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) tracing the evidence of the spirit's power that we see so clearly through jesus work during his time on earth has profound implications for us as moms as we will see in the upcoming weeks so today we will take a high level look at the gospels to see what we can learn about the power of the spirit of how the power of the spirit is at work in and through us Okay, so we're going to jump just right into some um, Bible verses. Um, And by the way, the title of today's um, message is He Empowered Jesus. And so we're going to start in the book of Luke, chapter 1, and read verse 35. So um, let me just kind of give you some context here because we are talking about how the Spirit empowered Jesus. Okay. So in, in this passage of Luke, an angel has just came to Mary and has explained to her how she's going to have a baby. And she's like, well, how can I? Cause you know, I'm a virgin. 
And this is the angel's response. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So even in before Jesus was even placed in Mary's womb, the angel was like, the Holy Spirit's going to be all over you because this baby needs to be holy. Okay, so now let's skip ahead um, in Jesus' life to uh, Matthew. We're going to change books here. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. All right. This is the baptism of Jesus. So then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Uh, I just want to clarify something here because we um, talked about like the symbols of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says the Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. Not that a dove actually appeared and landed on Jesus. It was like you know how like a dove flies and how it lands well the holy spirit came down like that to rest upon jesus so it, it the spirit he descended like a dove okay i just want to clarify that just so that everyone knows so this passage of scripture gives us one of the clearest glimpses of our triune god the dove, as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, shows us that the Spirit is the bond of love between the Father and the Son. So even when Jesus became human, he did not surrender his divinity, his communion with the Father and the Spirit. But, you know, something else happened here. God spoke and he said, this is my Son who I am well pleased. Now, this is before Jesus started his ministry. So, you know, she says, I'm going to speculate that God was being very intentional in his timing of declaring his love and pleasure um, because he didn't wait to announce his love and pleasure over Jesus after he overcame every temptation and performed miracles and defeated the grave. Right. Jesus eternal sonship alone made him pleasing to God. Not to mention the fact that as a human being, he was sinless. And this is how the Father now loves us when we are covered in Jesus' righteousness. God's pleasure in us isn't performance-based, it's Jesus-based. I thought that was a really good point that she made that um, of the timing of when God said, This is my son who I'm well pleased. Uh, you know, our God is is a God of timing. Like his timing is perfect, right? And so it was just a really good point that God did not wait to the end of Jesus' life after he had done all these great things to say, okay, now 
now that you've done all these things, now I am well pleased with you. That was just a really, really good point um, that really stood out to me. So, we not only have the same power in us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we also have the same pleasure of the Father because of our relationship with Jesus. We please the Father because the perfection of His Son covers us. So, before we move on to how Jesus ministered in the Spirit, I also want us to note how the Gospel of John attests to the work of the Spirit in the baptism of Jesus. John 1.32 says this, then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. So that word remain, right? John revealed another important piece of the story, which is the performance of the Spirit's anointing presence in Jesus' life and his service as a Messiah. So why does the word remain matter? Right? So she says, I'm not a bird expert, but one thing I've learned about birds is that you know they scare easily like if any little disruption of peace you know the birds are going to fly off but in this instance the holy spirit you know remains so unlike our lives that can grieve the holy spirit causing the dove's activity to diminish the holy spirit's activity in jesus life would never be interrupted because jesus and the spirit are one so this means Jesus' ministry was continually accomplished through the power of the Spirit. So Peter says this, and um, when he spoke, or she says that Peter spoke this in Acts chapter 10, um, he, uh, verses 37 through 38. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Let's see. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, was able to do good deeds and to heal people and what stood out to me was it says healing all who were under the power of the devil that really stood out to me because um i do believe a lot of sicknesses and illnesses and diseases are caused by satan because satan wants to to steal our joy and so i found it interesting that this verse says that all who were under the power of the devil. So it doesn't it doesn't say he healed some who were under the power of the devil and some who were not under the power of the devil. He said all who were under the power of the devil. And even though like in the scriptures it doesn't say that when people were healed demons were cast out. We do see that in some instances in scripture. But it doesn't always mention, you know, people being delivered from demons. But that verse right there just told me that all who were healed by Jesus were being affected by the devil. So anyway, that's just something to think about, okay? You can meditate on that and see what you think about that. But that was just kind of my takeaway from that. So, power to face temptation. So, in the book of Luke, 
chapter 4, and just give me a minute, I'm going to get there. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So as soon as Jesus was baptized, he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then, you know, this is where he fasted for 40 days and Satan came to tempt him. And um, we, if you're familiar with scripture, then you know that passage very well, how Jesus was withstood all of the temptation of Satan by basically quoting scripture because the word is our sword, right? That is what we have to fight with. But Jesus ate nothing for 40 days while being tempted by Satan to sin. And can you even imagine? I have trouble defeating Satan's temptation to sin before my kids even make it out the door for school in the mornings with a full stomach and a full cup of caffeine in my hands. What might be on display is my impatience with their inefficiency getting ready or maybe a complaining tongue about the housework that always needs to be done. But Jesus, faced with Satan, and determined to see him fall to, uh, I'm sorry, let me just reread that. But Jesus, faced with Satan, determined to see him fall to sin, defeated him. Yes, Jesus knows what it feels like to be faced with relentless temptation, but he never succumbed. So, I think you can read this passage for yourself all the way through verse 13. So this is Luke chapter four and you can read verses one through 13. If you're not familiar with that scripture, or if you just kind of want to refresh um, that account of Jesus and Satan, but in verse 13, it says when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. So, Jesus countered, you know, each temptation from Satan with the, water, with the word of God, right? The sword of the spirit, right? We just talked about that. So, um, so the Holy Spirit inspired men to write down the words of scripture. And this same powerful piece of armor is ours to take up in the battle against Satan that we continue to fight today. Jesus acts in the power of his own spirit, the Holy Spirit. Through our union with him, we can now live in the power of the spirit of Christ. So mama, you are equipped to defeat Satan. So let's not miss how John concluded verse 13, right? He says that um, Satan left him until what? Until he saw another opportunity, right? So Satan didn't depart for good. He departed only until he could see another opportunity to tempt Jesus. You know, Peter warned, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Right? He wasn't exaggerating Satan's commitment to destroy us. The devil is persistent in his pursuit to succumb us to sin and or live under a shameful narrative of lies. But I don't say this to scare us. I say this to encourage us to do what Jesus did. We have the power of God's spirit inside us and the power of God's word to guide us. Through every temptation we face and every bold-faced lie Satan wants to plant in our minds, 
we already have the victory. That should motivate us to engage in the fight. It should also make us wonder why we would ever pass up such power by neglecting the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. So where do you feel under attack? What false beliefs about your identity are, are bombarding you? And what temptation is Satan using to try and take you down? How have you been fighting back? What changes do you need to make to, to fight as Jesus did? So the other day on Facebook, I had a friend post about, you know, struggling with anxiety and depression and self-doubt and, and all of these things. And, you know, I just said, I responded. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't struggle with these things because I remember who I am in Christ or, you know, my, my identity is in Christ. And, um, she responded back, well, I find my identity in Christ as well. And if Jesus wanted to, he could take these things away. (laughs) So, I responded by saying, well, Jesus already took those things on the cross, right? They are all under his authority. So why are we still walking around with anxiety and depression? Well, it's because we don't take authority over those things. We have the the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. And so just like Jesus with Satan in the wilderness, he used the authority of the word of God to defeat Satan. But oftentimes what we do is we just let it happen. We just let Satan run all over us. And we don't remember who we are in Christ. We don't remember that we have the power and that we have the authority that Jesus had. So, I would just encourage you, if you are struggling with any of those things, get in the Word of God. For one thing, the Word says that, you know, we are to be anxious for nothing. Okay, that is a command. And instead, what we are to do is we are to take those cares and those worries to God, and we are to offer thankfulness and um gratitude to God. And that's how we defeat our anxiety. And uh, the Bible calls depression a spirit of heaviness. And for that, we are to put on a garment of praise. That is how we defeat depression, um, is we praise the Lord. We pray. We have tools, you guys. We have the tools to defeat these things. We just have to use them. We just have to take up our sword and use it. So we're going to stop right there um, today because we are already uh, 18 minutes into this Bible study. So we will continue. um, This will be part one of, of this day, and we will continue with part two at a later date. So continue to listen to the Never Alone Bible study. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast. Keep tuning in each week to get encouragement to confidently disciple your kids in everyday life.